but um, this morning I'm changing directions on you. We're changing a series. We're going from the one track series to broken to wholeness. Uh, my heart has been just so on this topic since a few weeks ago, and I'm like, Lord, I, I got to stop. I got to listen. I got to go forward with what you're telling me. And so uh, forget everything I just said the last three weeks because um, we're moving on. I'm kidding. But uh, we're going to be in Isaiah 43 this morning. So if you brought your words, we're not going to get there yet. But if you brought your words, uh, you can open up, prepare. Uh, If you're a note taker, get your notes out. Um, Hopefully the Lord gives you something. Uh, He's given me a lot. So uh, I was thinking about my opening this morning, and I'm like, how many times do we pray for brokenness? How many times do we say, Lord, Send me into a season where there's trials and tribulations. Y'all are looking at me like I'm nuts. Is it it worldly weird, like how I phrased this question already, is it worldly weird that I would ask the Lord, send me into a trial? Because I want to grow for who you are. I, I can tell you this much. When I get on a bicycle, someone said, you need to preach more with your bike. And I'm like, okay. So uh, train so that it can dry out, split, break, and then grow. Church, the Lord's calling us from brokenness to wholeness, but we've got to accept our brokenness. We've got to go after the hills. We've got to go after the broken seasons because it's in those seasons God's going to grow us. He's going to mature us. He's going to strengthen us. In Isaiah 43, I want to dive in. Verse 1. But now, O Jacob... Listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you says, Do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. How many times do you you hear, Listen to me. Someone says, Listen to me. Right? And you're like, I didn't say say someone. I said, uh, When someone says, Listen to me. Do you feel like you're in trouble? Like someone's like, listen to me. You're not listening to me. Listen to me. You feel like you did something wrong, right? But what if Isaiah wasn't saying, hey, you're doing something wrong, but hey, listen, you need to hear this. Check this out. What if he's saying, hey, you need to hear this. You have been bought. You have been paid for. I mean, right off the bat, Isaiah's not saying you're in trouble, he's literally saying, one, don't, don't be afraid, don't fear. How many of y'all are in, in a season of, I'm not sure what's going on, I'm a little timid and afraid of the next season. And Isaiah right here is speaking to you and saying, hey, don't be afraid. Don't be scared. Don't be fearful. Don't. Because he's, because he's saying right now that Jesus has been ransomed. And there's two definitions to ransom, and I want to dig into those right now. One is a sum of money or other payment demanded or paid for the release of a prisoner. And I just have to say this right now. That's a noun. That kind of ransom is a noun. It's describing somebody, right? It's a person, place, or thing. So it's a ransom. It's a thing. It's, it's It's a monetary gift or monetary payment. 
But that's not the definition I, I look at when I'm looking at the scripture. Instead, I look at this definition. Obtain the release of a prisoner by making a payment demanded. Jesus has obtained the release of all captives by making the payment that was demanded. He is a verb. The Jesus I serve is a verb. He's an action. He's a plan. He has you moving. He has you going. He has you strengthening. He has you encouraging. He has Isaiah right here is encouraging you, saying, someone's coming. They're not here yet, but the plan's already set. It's going to happen. It's making its way. Because Isaiah is a prophet. How many of y'all know what a prophet is? He foretells the future because God has already given him the future. He's a prophet. He has true prophetic responses. He knows what's going to happen. This is years before Jesus, and he's saying, hey, the ransom is going to be paid. It's going to be paid. It's the name of Jesus Christ. It's happening. And the reality is, is that Jacob uses the past tense of the word ransom. Do you understand that we serve a God who has ransomed you? He has freed you from captivity. So listen, you are free. No, I don't think you Only one person heard that. Come on. But Ben, I don't feel free. Then you're not. Then you're not. What are you putting yourself captive to? Because in the middle of brokenness, if you know Jesus, if you authentically know him, then you are free in the middle of brokenness. But half the time we don't play that game. We are, we're broken. Oh, Lord, you got to help me. Why aren't you helping me? Yeah, I, I would run too. He's put a hill in front of you and you said, Lord, I don't want to go up that hill. I didn't pray for that hill. And the Lord's sitting there going, but you, you didn't have to pray for that hill because you prayed to grow. You just sing a song. I want more. I, I'm not a singer, so I want more. I want more of you, God. Like, if you really meant it, then you're saying, Lord, I want more hills in my life. I want more challenges in my life. I want more strength in my life. Because I know when I get to the top of the hill, you're going to provide a freedom for me from the thing I struggle with today. From the thing that holds me down today. Some of y'all are sitting there going, I, I can't even keep a budget. Okay, well, face that hill. You have a choice today. You have a choice Jesus has paid, paid the ransom, and he wants to encourage you because he's put that hill in front of you. He's allowed that hill to be in front of you. Everybody say, he's allowed that hill to be in front of me. Like that was your turn. Whitney, Whitney didn't even say anything. But so often when that hill comes, it just, in our minds, we go, that's too much. You, do we realize the Lord doesn't put too much in front of us? I mean, half the time it's hard to believe. It's easy to say, right? Easy to say. How many of y'all have ever said that in your life? The Lord doesn't put too much in front of me. I can't handle. If my mother-in-law was here, she'd go, pregnancy, come on. I'm like, yeah, come on. The reality of life is that things are going to be too hard to handle. And then you look to the left and to the right, and who do you have next to you? Well, I hope, but hopefully there's able-bodied people there to help carry you. I remember in a movie, and here's the nerd side of me coming out. 
Anybody ever see Lord of the Rings? Okay. So I'm, I'm, I've seen them. How many people have read them? Okay, y'all are the real nerds. Okay? Just kidding. But there's a moment in the movie, and Samwise looks at Frodo, and he's like, let's go, let's go. I can help you. And, and Frodo looks at Samwise and says, I could be getting this wrong, but I just recently watched it, so I doubt it. So Samwise, or Frodo looks at Samwise and says, you can't carry this burden for me. And he said, no, you're right. I can't carry the burden for you, but I can carry you. It's in these moments that Isaiah says, hey, you're facing something hard, but listen, I've got good news. And he doesn't even say that like that. Like that. He goes, listen to me. Not listening to me, so listen to me right now. I picture that in my head. So if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And he says, the ransom has been paid. It's been paid. You've been bought at a price. You've been bought at a price. Verse 2. See, we're only one verse in. I love that. I have Jacob uh, timing me because he said, Ben, you don't ever pay attention to the clock. No, I don't. Uh, Verse 2 says this. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not burn up. The flames will not consume you. I can tell you if you're a pessimist or an optimist by how you read that verse. If what sticks out to you is the burning, the drowning, the flames consuming, Ben, do you understand what I'm going through? You're a pessimist. Because everything in your life is going to destroy you. But if you look at the encouragement there and go, there are flames around me, but they will not burn me. Uh Uh-uh, I got this because the Father has got me. Then you can walk into it with victory. No, 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 I don't think you heard that. You can walk into whatever it is you're facing, whatever it is you're about to face already with a victory mindset. You're not a victim of what's around you. You're a victor of what you're going to go through. Jesus is calling on us right now as a church Last week I talked to you about becoming a celebration church. This week I'm talking to you about being a victory people. That's not, that's 100% biblical. I've heard it for years. Old timers always say, I've read the back of the book. Yeah, I've read it too. We win. I have the only book that tells me I'm going to win in the end. Because I choose Jesus. Because he's the savior of my life. And because every situation in my life can't get me down because he is who he says he is, and because he just promised me through Isaiah that he's got me when the waters seem deep, that I won't drown, that my head will stay afloat, that he'll teach me in the middle of panic to just lay down on my back so my head can stay above the water. He'll teach me the calm in the storm. How many of y'all have calm or have storms going on and you're just panicking? How many of you let... Or how many of you have anxiety in the midst of the storm and you're literally held captive by your anxiety? See, Jesus wants to free you from your anxiety. He says, hey, I've got you in the calm of who I am. I've got you in the strength of who I am. Do you think any water can 
can drown you, if I'm over you, I can teach you what it's like to lay down on your back and float down backwards. I just uh, got second place in a, what we call a relay before I left Illinois. And I rode the bike portion, but there was a guy who swam. And he, had, he said at one point, he said, I had to flip to my back and start doing a backstroke because I was too tired to continue. You have to flip to your back in life sometimes and do the backstroke to keep on going because God wants to keep your head above water. He's saying, I've got you. Like, I've used so many analogies already this morning, I think I'm going to run out. Either way you picture this verse, whether it's a pessimist side or an optimist side, it doesn't matter. The Lord's going to carve out your future if you put your trust in him. Sooner or later, you're going to realize, as we get older, we're going to realize, man, everything I went through, every trial, every tribulation, every time that I cried, every time that I thought my life was going to end, every time that I thought I was in trouble, every time, whatever, you put input your issue, your problem, your whatever you're facing in, at one point you're going to go, and God delivered me from it all. What makes you think he won't deliver you from this today? Like, there's going to come a point where that's going to become real in your life, and some of you have to experience it before it actually does become real. And I want to acknowledge you because that's what I mean by there's going to come a day where we're all going to figure that out. God is carving out your future for you. Put your trust in him. Go after him. Uh, Isaiah 43, 3-9 says this, For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt as a ransom for your freedom. I gave Ethiopia and Seba in your place. Others were given in exchange for you. I traded their lives for yours because you are precious to me. You are honored and I love you. Do not be afraid for I am with you. I will gather you and your children from east and west. I will say to the north and south, bring my sons and daughters back to Israel from the distant corners of the earth. Bring all who claim me as their God, for I have made them for my glory. It was I who created them. This is the, this is the father of this universe talking. This isn't Ben. This isn't some writer. This isn't Isaiah. This is straight from the lips of God. And this is what he continues to say. He says in verse 7, Bring all who claim me as their God, for I have made them for my glory. It was I who created them. Verse 8 continues, Bring out the people who have eyes but are blind. Y'all know people with eyes that are blind? Okay. Okay, so bring, bring out the people. Did he say, I'll bring them out? Did God say, I'll bring them out? God said, bring them out. He directs us in this scripture. He gives us all this encouragement, and then he says, hey, bring me the people that are blind but can't see. Bring me them. Okay. Okay. How about this one? Who have ears but are deaf. Okay. I know some brick walls. Yeah. I am one sometimes. Verse 9. Gather the nations together. Assemble the peoples of the world, which... Of their, uh, which of their idols has ever foretold such things? Look in history. Find any, any god, 
any god, any idol that has ever told such things. And then you go a couple chapters ahead, a couple books ahead, and you find out, wow, all this is coming true. So I'm going to challenge you, kind of similar to what Isaiah challenged the Old Testament Jews to do. Find me any God who's foretold such things and has actually done them. Okay? Which can predict, we're still in verse 9, which can predict what will happen tomorrow? Where were the witnesses of such predictions? Who can verify that they spoke the truth? How many times have you been told something that wasn't really real? That was was a lot of reals. How many times have you ever met someone who told you something, said, oh, this is going to happen, and it didn't happen? How many of us have been accused of like, oh, this is going to happen, like say we're watching football, oh, this is going to happen, and it didn't really happen? Right? It's interception time. Come on. Your team's down by seven. It's interception time. Come on. Yeah. The only time I can remember ever in a football game that I actually I actually said, thought, and said something, and I believed it, and it happened, was a Broncos game against the Seahawks, and it was the first play of the game. And I looked at my friend and said, wouldn't it be cool if there was a, uh, it was a punt, it was the kickoff, right? And they kicked it, and instantly he dropped it and went in for a safety and I was like wouldn't it be cool if they got a safety on this play sorry and it happened it was the worst game for Broncos in their life but it happened and I lived in Colorado at the time that was the only time that was the only time I've ever said anything and it came true not that I'm proud of that but the Holy Spirit is Here's the thing about all of it. The Lord wants to encourage you with what's going to happen in your future. He wants to give you the glory. He wants the glory of what's going to happen in your future. He wants to direct you in step-by-step into the future with a warrior mindset of, I can't lose this. You might seem to lose it. You might lose a battle, but it's strategic loss. Anybody ever hear of strategic loss? Sometimes you have to lose to be able to win. Sometimes you've got to make them think they're on the verge of winning to destroy them. Sometimes you have to go through a situation to grow so that the next situation appears and it's like, I got this. I got this. The Lord wants to take us from broken to wholeness. Through this series, I plan on diving into some more books, some stories, some uh, crazy stories, stories you wouldn't believe if you were the first time reading this, you'd never heard of the Bible, stories about, like, just people being dumb, uh, healings, miraculous things. I'm going to invite Lola up, and actually, can I invite the band up? I'm going to switch. This is what I do. I like to switch things on the fly. Um, I'm going to have them play the first song that they they played. And Lola needs this. Um, so I'll give this back to her. Will you give this back to her? Thanks. God is calling us into a new season. Church. Someone gave me a word, and, and the word was actually in this scripture. He's calling us into a new season. The doors are going to fling wide open, and people are going to rush here that you never thought were going to rush here.
And it's not this church, it's, it's just God in general. They're going to run to the Father. They're going to run after the Father. They're going to face seasons of hardship. You're already going through it so that you can go along with them through it. So you can support them. There's a story in the Bible about Moses and, and Ben, and I think it was her. I could be wrong. Not Ben. Thank you for laughing. Aaron and her come alongside. They see Moses. He's holding up the staffs. And in order to win, he's holding up the staffs. And Ben her. Aaron and her come across and they hold up each arm as he holds up his staff because they want victory. Because they can't rely on one man. They got to rely on each other. And here's the thing, as we go through all of the brokenness, recovery group, sober soldiers of the sea, I love that. Y'all have went through it. Y'all are going through it. Y'all have taken steps out of it. And God's going to provide you with more people because more people need saving from themselves. More people need saving from their substance. More people need saving from their abuses and their their addictions, whatever. Um, it doesn't have to be just alcohol. It can be other things. God has more. He wants to free you. That's your cue. I want to see God come out and destroy our city with the rubble we once knew for the kingdom he has. Calling us into a season of brokenness to wholeness because I seek the brokenness to be made whole.